Hello and welcome to the 360 Lady, the complete, whole and thriving lady. Every two weeks we talk about stories or hard truths in our various pillars of life such as spirituality, relationships, career, finances and many more. My intention on this podcast is to strengthen and empower women to walk in God's ultimate truth of completeness in Him. I am your host, Mabwe Oyetunji. Hello, my ladies. How are you all doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's been a while, but I'm back. Graciously back. Who's in truth, in love. On the reels, I'm really, really glad to be back. And I'm extremely grateful that you all are here with me. And hopefully I can, you know, bring you something good. So August. Who loves the month of August? I love the month of August so much because um, it's the eighth month, which signifies new beginnings, but also because it's the month of my wedding anniversary. So on the first day of this month, I celebrated my wedding anniversary. I mean, it was a very chilled day, reflective day filled with gratitude and thanksgiving really to God. And in that spirit, let's talk about love. Now I'm going to tell you a story, a little story, which if you pay attention to, you would pick out some things from it. Now, Gifty had a spring in her step as she headed up the stairs to her flat. It was midnight, but the night had flown by. She was in love, or thought she was. David was tall, dark, and handsome. I'm sure my Love Island watchers understand the definition of tall, dark, and handsome. But he was gentle, humble, and selfless. And miracles of miracles, he loved her too. He had told her that. Tonight, he made it clear. It wasn't just the attraction. It was love. They would spend a lifetime together. Her head was full of her dreams and plans as she walked into her flat and headed to go have a shower. She couldn't wait to see him again. Deep in her thoughts, she then gets a text which says, I love you. Good night. She replied immediately, I love you too. David and Gifty had been dating for five months. They were not teenagers. They were mature adults with responsible jobs. They had their share of annoying attraction of opposite poles coming together as in a magnetic field. This one was different. They both said with so much conviction to any friend that would care to listen. They were seeing each other often, at least four times a week. They'd had all their deep conversations and heavy talks. They were not leaving together and neither of them wanted to. Perhaps you'd call them romantics. Perhaps their religious just values just happened to be in alignment but that was a decision they both agreed on what they did seem to want was to get married was it the friendship was it the passion was it the company or was it simply love the characters from this story are not fictional but i won't give it away it's as real as you can get so stay tuned on social media for a prize competition on this now, some say attraction is important. Others say friendship has to be your foundation. Some say opposite attracts. Others say find your milk to your tea, meaning someone similar to you. You hear the familiar question, do you love her or do you love him? Or better still, you get advice from your marriage counselor saying, you both need to love each other as Christ loved the church. I mean, you guys know the drill. But really, what is love? The meaning is so utterly complex, yet so beautifully simple. Everyone shows love in their own way. As little as buying that special someone their favorite food on your way back home, or sending a text to them, just, you know, just telling them how you feel, that you're thinking of them. We all know the five love languages by Gary Chapman. And we speak on love, love, love. Now, the 13th chapter of the first epistle of Corinthians in the New Testament of the Bible gives an amazing definition of what love is and is not. By the way, if for any reason you're listening and you don't have access to a Bible or don't know what it is or 
perhaps you just want to steal the words for your next Instagram anniversary post, just ask Google. Type in First Corinthians or One Corinthians 13 and boom, there you have it. I'm going to be reading the verses from my favorite translation, the Passion Translation. And it says, If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secret, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but had never learned to love, then I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to the poor, and to offer my body to be burned as a matter without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflates its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seeks its own honour. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offence. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. And I'm going to just, you know, jump to the verse 13, which says, Until then, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. Yet, love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. My ladies, my ladies, my ladies. Ah, this thing called love is a wonder, isn't it? As I was just reading it and I just thought, you know, I know y'all are filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, to experience each and every one of them. But girl, when the verse of love is large and incredibly pay, I was like, pay, pay what? Pay shit? Pay, nah. God knows I'm trying. Y'all can pray for me because... I'm a whole lot of work in progress. I bet my hobby will tell you that one for free. In 2018, a friend of mine asked me to send her what love was in our marriage back then. I mean, and I wrote a few things down, you know, just looking back at what I wrote three years ago. The same thing still stands. I mean, I aspire to love like Christ did, you know. You know how life can get. Love is beautiful and amazing. And as I celebrate my wedding anniversary, I'm just going to share a few things. Um, really, what the essence of love is in my marriage. Um, and the first one is, love is unpredictable. So, you see, life is very funny, right? I moved from England to Scotland about a decade ago. Yeah, where I met my husband, a year after. Everyone at that time, literally everyone who knew me, knew I had this two-year plan right? So my plan was, you know, work for two years in Scotland and then move back to my beautiful West African country, Nigeria. (laughs) Okay. Now, I know you're all about the TikTok life right now, ladies, but I discovered the full-fledged experience of TikTok way back in 2013 because at that time, I had just one year left of my plan. I tried every possible way, in my own way, of course, to move back to a job, but nothing was clicking. In hindsight, I see what God was doing. 
a few months after I met my husband, um, now don't get me wrong, I mean, my plans were still very much on the table, but somehow they had just had an extended timeline. For years, I'd, you know, done the right things by God's grace. I'd done well in school, gone to uni, gotten a good degree. I had a great internship, met amazing people, went back to school, got a job, all by God's grace. I imagine 10 to 15 years after, I would have gotten married, had my kids, six bedroom house, changed careers, had my business, you know, with a profit of $1.2 million annually. I mean, come on. I was supposed to be set for life after a decade, really. But the reality is that some of my plans are still pending. I'm happily married. I don't have kids yet. No six bedroom house yet. I haven't changed careers yet. And although (laughs) I've had a business, I'm making nowhere, nowhere, I say, near a profit of $1 million annually. But all of you who are laughing, don't worry. Watch the space. We'll be hitting that $1 million contract soon. By God's grace. But on the reels though, after six years in marriage, I realized that life is anything but certain and love is unpredictable. Before you can truly manifest love, you will have to walk through fears and you would have to embrace a splash of uncertainty. Now through our joys, our pains, our hopes, sorrows, fears, uncertainty, love is subtle and unflinching as a whisper, telling our hearts to take a chance, travel, hike, shout out to my hikers. Really, just have fun, be silly, move to cities, hope for beauty in the uncertain and to trust God who is the author and finisher of things to make things beautiful in his time. It's actually amazing, really, that for the past two weeks, God has told me through several means that the issue with his children is not that we don't trust his will for us. In fact, a lot of us are very, very, very sure of his will, but we just can't trust his timing. So remember, my darlings, love doesn't always follow a plan. And it's that unpredictability that makes it so wonderful as long as you can trust God. Now, the second thing is that love is enduring. Now, shout out to ladies and gents, for those of you who are listening, who are going through a tough time in their marriage. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this again, right? Just because you're currently unhappy in your marriage does not mean that you'll be better off ending that marriage. And yes, I'm sure I'm about to be cancelled <laughs> for such a revolutionary statement. Well, I'll say it again. Just because you're currently unhappy in your marriage does not mean that you'll be better off on ending your marriage. Please note that I'm not talking about abusive marriages. No. You see, life can be beautiful and it can also be messy sometimes. Things can change at any time. I can bring up a billion, billion examples, really. For for example, a once sexy wife who has just been involved in an accident and has her face deformed. Or a husband who's lost his job and can't provide for his family. Or a couple waiting for a child for countless years. Or even going through the motions of raising a child who has special needs. It is tough and can be disheartening. But I think of the word passion. And passion is correlated to suffering you know hence the passion of christ the suffering of christ really and (laughs) i mean i'm sure most of you have watched the movie the passion of christ but if you haven't you have to you just i mean there's no you just have to like right now check google check amazon netflix you you just have to it's it speaks so much volume about the love of christ really it's 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 just amazing so watch it but yeah back to the suffering of christ and the second verse of the 12th chapter of hebrews in the bible you know it says 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And Christ endured the cross because he loved and obviously still loves us. And in ensuring he saw beyond the cross the benefits that salvation was going to bring. So he endured. You know, when I think deep on this, I just, you know, take a deep sigh and I'm like, Jesus, you tried. You tried. But really, you know, um, as husband and wife, when we understand that definition, we endure also because we believe and understand that there is someone greater before us, his plan, his purpose, and his glory. Marriage takes endurance. Honestly, it thrives on commitments and sacrifice. It's one of the most, I'd say, rewarding yet challenging commitments I would ever make, really. You know, when two imperfect people come together, there's always kind of bound to be trouble. Sooner or later, I know this. But thanks be to God, he keeps reminding us of the greater glory and granting us every single thing, all that we need in each season. Now, the final and the last one is that love is satisfying. Now, I'm sure we all know the word goals, right? For those who are lost and still trying to figure it out, goals is a slang that is used when you're describing something that is desirable. So, I mean, for example, you see Kate Henshaw at 50 and he shouts, body goals, goals, you know, or you see Riri, who's now a billionaire, and you shout goals. Or you see a post of Sierra and Russell, and you shout major goals. Now, don't get me wrong. We all want some of these things. I mean, yours might be potential body. Yours might be being a billionaire. Yours might be, it just, you know, we all want some of these things. But there's a song by the Walls Group called Satisfied that asks us really tough questions. I'll just talk on the lyrics a bit. And it says, if I never get that house, that car or be a superstar and my dreams never come true will i be satisfied with you and if no one ever knows my name and my gifts don't bring me fame if everything i have someday i lose will i be satisfied with you don't get me wrong it'll be nice to have these nice things and everybody loves the love that all these nice things bring but when the lights turn out and it's just me and you when you ask me to choose then what will i do i mean come on these words are deep and you know i know when this was written they were talking about jesus right they were referencing jesus but ladies husbands it's time to ask some tough questions if your spouse never surprises you on a trip to fiji or never gifts you with a range rover will you be satisfied with him or her let's not even talk about arguments <laughs> i'm laughing here right now wifeys girlfriends you know the type of arguments, right? When you know, you know that you know, you're right. And you're just waiting, you know, sometimes legit praying. <laughs> God forgive us. That he will learn his lesson and come and apologize. Acknowledging you are right all along. But thanks be to God. <laughs> Through the annoying days, the impatient days, and even like family arguments, how satisfied can you be? The book of Acts chapter 3 tells a story about the lame man being healed. The funny thing is that the man known as a beggar was expecting alms from Peter and John. But Peter said, silver and gold I have none, but what do I have I give you? 
the relationship between them is really just like our marriage, you know, because oftentimes we expect our spouse to do, you know, do, 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 or, you know, give something that we want. But sometimes what he or she already has is more satisfying than what we're actually looking for. Just like the healing of the layman was really more satisfying than arms. Think on these things and remember, it doesn't have to be tangible. Satisfaction is being kind to one another, doing things and having fun, focusing on each other's strengths, and celebrating small good moments. Despite the unpredictability and endurance, love is satisfying. It is a beautiful thing. It gives us joy. It gives us hope. It gives us peace. And it wins. Did I just rhyme there? <laughs> okay. Just about, you know, rounding up, um, just to any lady who has been hurt um, in the process of loving someone, I'd say give God your heart. And to be fair, really, you can trust God with all of your heart. But the true question is, can you learn to trust your heart again, even after you've given it to God? Sister, don't trust him with half of your heart. Because when we turn our hearts to God, after it's been damaged, it's been wounded or even abused, it's because your heart needs surgery, not because our heart needs to be tucked away somewhere in a safe. And trust me, when this happens, you'll see God bring healing, perspective, restoration to you. So hold on, sis. Okay, that's it, my 360 ladies. Today's Wisdom Nuggets is from an anonymous writer which says, Being in love is destructive, it is possessive and choking. However, loving someone is commitment and giving of yourself. And here I ask you, what is the essence of love in your life and relationship? It's a wrap. I hope you all took away one or two things and what love has taught me in my marriage. And I pray that above all, we nourish friendships and relationships that reflect Christ's love. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, my 360 fabulous ladies, and see you in two weeks. Thanks for joining us this week on The 360 Lady. I trust you have taken some golden nuggets to live in a complete life in Christ. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to The 360 Lady on this platform to stay in touch and never miss a show. If you like the show, kindly leave a rating on the platform so we can keep bringing a mix of magnificent and inspiring episodes. Thanks for listening, my ladies, and see you in two weeks.